0: Hey everyone, Tom here Welcome back to yet another episode of Alf Metallica You know, like we always do It's myself and a guest from around the world Discussing a song by the band today We are tackling their cover of Deep Purple's When a Blind Man Cries This was originally on a 2012 release "Remachine," a tribute to Deep Purple's Machine Head Where the whole album was covered Including this song at the end And uh, then it got repurposed for Hardwired as well Which I'm sure when most people have heard this And just before we get to the song and the uh, just, just, uh, just before we get to the guest and the cover you can follow us at MetallicaPod. You can get in touch with me at, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. You may have heard that I've now started a new podcast recently called Punnett, a competitive wordplay game show. So if that sort of thing floats your boat alongside Deep Purple Metallica, go check that out. I'll put the link down below. iTunes is there. If you enjoy the show, you want to get back to the show, you can leave us a five-star review, please, on iTunes. Go on iTunes and check out what other people are saying. Some really kind comments down there. Patreon is there. If you enjoy the show and you want to go a little bit further, you can uh, you know, financially support. And what that means is not only do you get thank you on the show for episodes like this and uh, for instance at the moment the death magnetic compilation is up there the every metallica support band volume two you know they stay up there for about a month maybe even more before they drop on the main channel so if you want premium access a pay-per-view for alpha metallica and to give back to the show patreon is there the link is also down below but today uh you know another guest very happy to welcome soph to the show from michigan soph how's it going
1: uh, I'm all right. Really happy to be here. You know, I've been a stalker of the show for a while. Right. Uh, I'm going to be honest. So uh, yeah, it's super cool to be here and uh, talk about really cool song made mm-hmm. by a really cool band covered by arguably an even cooler band. Yeah. So
0: uh, <laughs> it's a very layered level of coolness. I agree. Yeah, there's uh, multiple yeah, aspects it's, to it's it. Yeah, it's
1: really it's really deep here. So. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah so good, uh, good old deep cut
0: Yeah, yeah oh, This yeah. is definitely a deep cut Like I'm sure a lot of people Maybe not even aware This came out This is on You know Deluxe yeah. hardware. I, it's,
1: it's, it's hidden It's uh-huh, hidden You uh-huh. know But I worked to find this one so. And uh, you know What about
0: you And Metallica then Like when was the first time You encountered yeah, a band Yeah,
1: so um, I Born and bred You know Detroit, Michigan You know Hardworking family Midwest um, And Michigan uh, Like Jason Jason was born Other side of the state From where I am right. Uh, Bob Seger is from Michigan, and so oh. I was actually raised on a lot of Bob Seger and a lot of just kind of that classic, you know, seventies, eighties stuff that oh, was yep. kind of my niche. And I grew up loving Bob Seger's "Turn the Page," mm, like mm. that. I was actually, I, I act- still,
0: I still prefer Bob's version. I've got to say,
1: you know. I was raised on it, Mm. lived like day in, day out. You heard it on the radio. They play it at like sports games here. I mean, it's it's like in, especially, you know, Michigan, Detroit's DNA, Mm. Bob Seger. Funny story. I actually, one of the neighborhoods I lived in growing up, he lived at the end of the neighborhood. Right. And he was my neighbor for like a period of time. It was really strange. And You'd see him like walking his dog or whatever. I'm super, super weird. Mm. But... I started kind of getting into more alternative things, kind of drifting away from my like classic rock, and then I started listening to a little bit of grunge here and there, and then I had always knew, known about Metallica's Turn the Page. And it kind of just like lingered there, and like I heard it a little bit, came on rotation, you heard it on the radio. Uh, arguably it got equal playtime as the Bob version, yeah. which was super strange. And so you kind of hear that in rotation, and I realized, wow, this is a really good song, both sides of it. Yeah. And so I actually, my first Metallica album was Garage Inc. Mm. Because I went I went further into Turn the Page. I was like, what's the deal with Turn the Page? And then I found like Whiskey in the Jar. And now I'm a huge Thin Lizzy fan. I found Astronomy. I'm a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan. Right. And that was just kind of the tipping point. You know, I heard Garage Inc. And then I think I jumped around to the Black Album and then Puppets. And then everything kind of started filling in. And uh, before I knew it, I was just so far gone. And this was kind of uh, maybe two-ish years ago, a little more. um, And I consider my Metallica anniversary uh, the first gig of 2018 which was like Lisbon in the European North American tour Mm. and my favorite thing about this band specifically was the live shows and the fact that the set list changed every night so I got like super deep into that and I could like I was like predicting set lists and I was like doing like templates and stuff and like I got super involved in that and then I watched the whole North American cycle and I was looking into it today and funny enough today is November 3rd The one-year anniversary of the last time when a blind man cries was played. Weird.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm spooked out.
1: Strange. Yeah. It's strange. Um, And also, a year ago, obviously, Justice came out. uh, Justice box set Mm. dropped a year ago yesterday, and it was I was like so like deep into the band and stuff that I actually listened to the entire box set in one sitting.
0: Holy, isn't that like eight hours or something? That's a lot. There's a so, lot of live I, concerts, not, like.
1: I I was having, like, it was not. Crazy. I needed to, like, dissociate. <laughs> yeah. That took me 16 hours. Blood, 16, 16 hours.
0: hours. God, the majority of a whole day. I mean, it's not a day I, wasted, I, but was I, so, I, I admire you, like. It
1: was it was, it was ridiculous, mm. I mean, I just was like, hey, what if I just listened to it, and then I got through one, and then I heard the remaster, and I was like, oh, I love Seattle 89, and then I listened to Seattle 89, and I was like, oh, what are the demos, like, before you knew it, I'd been sitting there for five hours, and I was like, gung-ho, and I went all the way through. I mean, it was it was ridiculous, but um, yeah, so saw the whole Justice thing happen, that was super cool finished out North America and then I heard about the summer tour and I was like, all right, I'm not working this summer. I'm going to be ridiculous. And I actually made like a spreadsheet with like the set list hmm. and like I, it was so like, I just, this band keeps me entertained at the end of the day. But um, so, yeah.
0: so, so it's been, so it's been two years. So it's been a jam packed two been, years of, of it's you listening. Been, it's like, been
1: a lot. It's yeah. been a lot. And, for, I think I had a couple months where I like exclusively listened to the band and I just had like the entire discography on shuffle and that broke up pretty quickly. You know, I, you hear the same songs and I'm just like, well, what are the influences? What have they influenced? Mm. And so over time, my music circles, they all kind of come back to Metallica. Cause before that I really wasn't super involved in my music and I wasn't, really kind of as picky and I didn't really know what I liked and what I didn't and kind of after listening to the band for so long I got really really just kind of into music and making and I'm a guitar player I'm a bass player and you know being super involved in that was super cool and just uh, that led me eventually, you know, in the depths of the Metallica catalog to Deep Purple, yep. to which uh, Machine Head is one of my favorite records ever, arguably, you know. And it's weird that Blind Man isn't even like on it originally, but it's like a B-side. Yeah, of like
0: Never Before, the yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. But um, so here I am uh, listening and being a part of Super Cool Podcasts. So Big thanks again. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's no. that's me. I'm a fanatic. If anyone has any questions about the uh, European set list, let me know. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as you say. This is a Deep Purple track, and a few yeah. months ago, we did an episode on, you know, the relationship between Metallica and Deep Purple, with Nate right. from yeah. Deep Purple Podcast. That was that was a really, really funny episode. And we sort that of said was, it... This... Yeah, I
1: listened to that. I was like, oh my god, you know, it's, it's same same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: very fortuitous. So if people want a bit more context on that relationship, go back and check it out. And we did say at the start of the episode, it's kind of tenuous, like, obviously all the boys love Deep Purple. Who wouldn't be influenced growing up at right. that time? and, and
1: you think it's it... Deep Purple, you think about that one video of James and his snake bite and Stefan goes, oh, I guess the band's Deep Purple now, and it's it's funny yeah. how everyone kind of really ties into the band for sure.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Lars inducted them to the rock and roll hall of fame. And I think Lars said he had like pictures of them on his bedside table as a (laughs) child. So I mean, yeah, they're huge for Metallica. They really are huge. It
1: doesn't doesn't get better than that. Honestly, they were were
0: heroes to the guys. And this song when a blind man cries, uh, like you say, was machine head sessions. uh, It was recorded in December, 1971. It was on the B side of never before in 72. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Ian Gillum was interviewed, and he said, quote, It's just an example, if you think of the phrase, of a blind man cries, and it's pretty sad. Those who are disadvantaged yeah. tend to be less complaining than those who are able-bodied. And, you know, despite this being a B-side, I think lyrically especially, I think the song's great, but, like, it really is quite heart-wrenching when you think of the imagery. It's,
1: it's hard. Mm. I mean, it's hard, and you know, you think about kind of the versions of it and acoustically, you know, the one, the studio version, it's just, it's a really deep song. And if you sit there and you think about it and you just, like, kind of put some imagery to it, it's really dark and bluesy and just weird. It's a strange song. And especially on an album, you know, like Machine Head, where Deep Purple just writes these, like, Big like you know, jump on the gun songs, and then you have this B side which is so moody. Mm. It's it's a, definitely an odd one out for sure.
0: Yeah, and you know, like you say, Metallica play this live four times, and each time they've just done the acoustic version. But this is the full on electrified version. You know, it's a lot heavier than Deep Purple's version. Right. Why, yeah. why do you think they haven't broken this out on one of the tours? Like, why has just stayed relegated to the acoustic?
1: Right. You know, it's. I was just kind of catching up on it this morning. Oh. I've heard it for probably the first time. And well, I listened to it, you know, back when yeah. I was like, Oh, hey, I might want to do this. But um, it's one of those that's really that I kind of don't like put on shuffle because it freaks me out when I listen to it sometimes. <laughs> and The dynamic of it is super weird because the beginning, it's really kind of you're trying to replicate and you're trying to capture the mood. And then the back half, you're like, oh, that's a Metallica song, you know, the snare fills and the riffs and, you know, Kirk's solo on that. It's super kind of just broken down. And I think that maybe you would never see this on a big, you know, live stage. Like, it's really hard to imagine them playing this on the big stadium stage, you know. True. It's a really intimate song, and I feel like it wouldn't – it doesn't capture as well, especially to a large audience. And mm-hmm. I was watching the footage from All Within My Hands last year, and it's so tight, and it's quiet, and it's it's just – it's yeah, it's just like that. It's not really meant for something as big and – you know crazy as
0: it is no and you know as you said this this originates in 2012 on the uh, machine head tribute album which is in just terms of like the clientele who's on this album it's insane so we have smoke on the water by santana highway Star by chicken I, Foot, yeah, like you know <laughs> black label society flaming lips doing smoke on the water iron maiden doing space trucking and then yeah metallica right at the end doing when a blind man's cries it, it jam-packed isn't it like
1: it's i it's you know remachined was remachine was my introduction to deep purple huh. And that's why Machine Head is one of my favorites, because with all of these songs, I love both sides of them. I love the Deep Purple side and I love just I'm a big fan of Deep Purple and Gillian and John and everyone. And it's it's super cool that they had this done. And it's a great introduction to anyone who is interested in getting into Deep Purple for sure.
0: Yeah, totally. And there's also uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, there's a classic rock magazine bonus track. So there was, the original has "Highway Star" by Chickenfoot, which is Joe Satriani, Sammy Hagar, and Mike Anthony, and uh, Chad Smith. This has Chad Smith again with Steve Vai and Deep Purple's own Glenn Hughes, like covering his own like, band in a uh, way. Dude,
1: I, it's 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 everything you could ask for in something that's a covers album honestly
0: yeah yeah it's pretty total so getting into the metallica version then you know we get a very delicate opening this kind of retreating chords that slide on top it's very gentle it's very pensive the strums leading the way and you know always with this song i feel at least so like it always feels like it's building it's generating and we do have the climax at the end but it just has that sense of oscillating momentum to it doesn't it
1: yeah and the beginning you know it opens really quiet and then you start building up and if anything the lyrical content what Ian did is he kind of builds a scene and he builds the blind man and then he builds the room mm. and it's just kind of like the growth of the song. You kind of, it slowly develops this like picture. And at the end, the line that really kicks me is the things we had to do. And that, that's the breaking point for just kind of like fulfilling all of that imagery and putting everything together. And it's really, it's a really unique song. And the writing on it is really just, it's awesome. It's really awesome. And James, sure.
0: James just sounds so wrought and torn on this oh track. You know, when, when at the end he's screaming, he's in a world of pain. You, you damn well believe him.
1: I, yeah. You know, you're <laughs> listening to that. You've got the imagery and you've got, I'm a blind man. There's so much pain. Yeah, It's, it hurts. It, it hurts listening to that. And On the studio version, you know, this is 2012, he's doing black element stuff, but even more on a deeper level vocally is the All Within My Hands. He had just come off of two weeks, or one one of the legs in North America, Mm. and if you listen to the All Within My Hands album, his voice is really kind of scratchy, and it's got that deeper kind of rumble to it. And you feel the emotion. Uh, Honestly, I like the acoustic version better than the studio version. Specifically because of this one vocal scenario where, you know, his voice is probably beat up after touring. And he's there. And it's just... Cruel to listen to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But, you're right. I, I do yeah. like that version. Yeah, and um, it, it, it's cool that we've got a few rec- sort of recorded versions out there from that disc. And then obviously they did all the Bridge Streets, uh, Bridge School stuff, uh, yeah. you know, the stuff, which is on there. And um, yeah, the lyrics again, I completely agree. You know, because it's kind of playing into that idea of pathos, isn't it? It's like anyone crying is sad, but like a blind man crying, there's something just more tragic about that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really tragic song and it makes you wonder like where where in the heck did ian gillian think of like a lyrical concept like this
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's classic. It, it really yeah. just kind of works quite immediately. It's a great title as well when a blind man cries. And the first chorus, yeah, I'm a blind man. I'm a blind man. James is quite quite gentle with that and kind of purling. And there's kind of chords ringing out. I'm a blind man. Like down, yeah. of sustain there. And then yeah, it, and you know it's
1: moody and you're sitting in it and for yeah, sure
0: yeah. And then it kicks into the first solo. Um, and you know on both solos here, Kirk rips. Kirk, brilliant. Yeah, like,
1: it's it's one of those hidden things where you're yeah. like. Holy shit. I mean, like, you're sitting there and even he does it on the studio version. He does it on the – even he shreds it on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, he does, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And just kind of the song and – I was reading into it, and obviously Richie was on Richie Blackmore was on Machine Head, yes, and apparently he hated the song. Yes, they so they, they only play- he never played it. He never
0: played it. <laughs> no, they only played it once during his tenure, and that was when he was ill and wasn't actually playing like, with the band.
1: Like, oh my gosh, yeah,
0: I don't know why he hated it so much. It's a great tune, like, Richie. Yeah. It's-
1: The guitar parts are gorgeous, Mm, and it's a really well-balanced song. Yeah, it is. You know, the bass is there, the percussion's there. Um, You know, I'm sitting there, and I hear, like, an organ in my right ear, and I'm like, what? And obviously, Deep Purple was such a well-connected band. They were really well-integrated, and it's... It's just crazy, you
0: mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Kirk's lead playing in both solos here. Um, The kind of there's a main solo that goes on quite a while after the first chorus, and then another solo that closes it. You know, Kirk's it- digging into that Blackmore wellspring. He's using oh, yeah. a lot of his licks, but also building in different directions. There's a really nice moment where Kirk kind of hits like a triplet note, and then Lars does a da 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 underneath as he's doing the note. There's like a nice yeah. language between them, and um yeah, he's just killing it here, Kirk. I, I think he's dynamite.
1: It's it's definitely kind of one of those where you're sitting there and you're like, God, that is that is a hidden gem. And mm-hmm. I was looking into so on Metallica TV on YouTube they had the video and they're showing shots from recording it. And Kirk is playing a red strat, mm-hmm. so that isn't that isn't an ESP or anything. That's a strat sound. And obviously Kirk and a strat is like a match made in heaven. You yeah. know, you see him playing nothing live um, is super cool. So. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of one of the weirder things that I noticed. I was like, "Oh, that's Kirk uh, Strat." You know, maybe that's why it sounds so. Maybe, good yeah. I mean,
0: Richie—that's what Richie used to play, I guess. Yeah, so it was kind of yeah pull, pulling into that world, and uh, and then uh, you know the song keeps going forward, and then when we get kind of to the second chorus, everything starts getting way more metallicanized You know, because this right. is a bit longer. I think it's about a minute or so longer than the original. It's because they put this long solo on the end and just heavy yeah, it up you and throw stuff. Throw the and, back
1: end in there, yeah, and yeah. you know, one of the things that really caught my. attention where the snare fills Mm. in between kind of the riff sections and obviously Lars and his snare fills you know you either like him or you don't and here they kind of do replicate some of the Deep Purple fills back on the original record and obviously I if anything you know Lars has been really influenced by Deep Purple and there's a chance that that kind of naturally full circle integrated itself into the cover Which is something to think about. Which is Mm -hmm. also
0: super cool. And we, you know, I always say with James, there's certain phrases like hearing him say
1: Vietnam
0: or hearing him say mutiny (laughs) or like there's certain words James Hetfield will say and just can't get enough of. Him singing like "I'm a blind man," like there's something so evocative about it.
1: Yeah, it's the way they kind of just make it. They make it a Metallica song. Oh yeah, for sure. They take the phrasing, and they use it, and they build on it. But at the same time, you keep kind of the root, and you still keep the cruel (sighs) moodiness that is the original. And it's really just kind of a little ball
0: of magic mm-hmm. yeah, it, is. Yeah. it is and you know again kirk is going haywire towards the end. him and james are like trading licks and then kirk right. sort of leading the song out and it isn't even that long their version i think their version's about four minutes or so yeah four and a half minutes so you know it's only a little bit longer than the original but um yeah it's it, it's it's pretty spellbinding as you say as it goes through and i enjoy this song more and more as i listen to it i think they knock this one out of the park to be honest
1: yeah, and you spend you spent time on it and it's only been played, what, four times, you know, a Little couple times. of great schools and it, yeah. all within my hands. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where you're like oh,
0: they got an acoustic show, they better play that. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? can see them, yeah, it's been two, two bridge schools, they're all in my hands, as you say, and then, yeah, Music Cares is when it was debuted. Oh, yeah, Music
1: Cares. There's May 12, there. 2014,
0: yeah, it was put out there, but, um, yeah, as we always do, guys, we reach out to you on the Twitter, and uh, Ralph's saying, first of all, as usual, it's another cover where I prefer Metallica's version, much more than the original. <laughs> to me, both Hetfield's voice and delivery are superior <coughs> to that of Gillen. I also enjoy the slightly quicker tempo of their cover, I think Kirk does an excellent job with the lead work here. The Deep Purple Podcast get in touch with us, which was only fitting. Amazingly well done cover. James's vocals are great, stays faithful to the original and puts an unmistakable Metallica flair on it at the end. Patrick says, great cover, fantastic version. Nothing's better than Gillen though. Lord Blackmore uh, says, I like <laughs> I like covers when they don't sound like the original, which is not the case. And finally Master of Pun says, amazing cover. Really did the, I really dig the acoustic performance. Now, just to get back to the original which I did listen to just for when on air, I re- really enjoy the original as well. Uh, it's got a more earthy quality, like you were saying before about deep bubble being such a balanced band is so true because you do yeah. have john lord's organ uh, fleshing out the tune you know there's no organ in this metallica version and it kind of right, gives it yeah. more of a desolate abandoned quality you know obviously it, it, it's not as heavy it's more uh, meditative obviously than metallica's
1: yeah it sits and it kind of lingers and I, I was watching uh one of the live performances of it obviously deep purple are famous for their live records mm. and it's it's really moody. And even on the original, the phrasing, Gillian's phrasing is kind of weird and it's drawn kind of in and out of the guitar and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. really cool that it was captured in the Metallica context as well.
0: And any, uh, any final thoughts on this Metallica cover?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, I think that, if anything, this is a great window to Deep Purple. Mm. And anyone who's interested in... Kind of, you're in Metallica, but everyone's, everyone talks about Deep Purple. Like, Deep Purple are one of the most influential bands in the Gosh. genre of rock and roll. And this is a great window into Remachined, which into, obviously, Machine Head and beyond. And I think, uh, I mean, it was for me, you know, that gateway, yep. that step into Deep Purple. And I think that anyone who's interested in taking that next step, this is a great place to start.
0: And just finally, for a bit of history of this song in Deep Purple, as we said, Blackmore didn't like When a Blind Man <laughs> Cries. I think he was just a bit of contrarian by spirit and maybe just sensed the guys liked it and didn't that's, want to do it. Yeah,
1: that's definitely a Blackmore thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Blackmore and Deep Purple is a historied, uh, storied history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, running off with Dio and whatnot. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's uh, really interesting, you know, the writing and everything, that it all came together and you get this niche that's a b-side that nobody nobody kind of it's a hidden gem for sure
0: yeah and they only played it once uh, This was Deep Purple On the 6th of April 72 In Canada When Blackwell was ill And Randy California From Spirit Stood him for it I love the fact That they only they, <laughs> That's... Like he was ill So they decided to play it You know what I mean They were just like It's sort of the that is, that that their is, mind That like... is so
1: funny to me yeah. Honestly
0: Yeah yeah And apparently Gillen performed the song Frequently in the early 90s I was just going through Spotify actually And one of his solo albums Called like Gillen's House Or something like that uh, There's a really good version On that as well Joe Cetriani When he replaced Blackmore on the Deep Purple tour in November 93, they played that as well Steve Morse, sorry, Dylan's Inn was the name of that CD DVD, uh, Steve Morse played it, and in terms of the song being covered uh, Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi apparently did a cover of it on Stuart Smith's <laughs> album in 99, yeah. I haven't actually heard that one, and of course Metallica did it as well, so um, we'll close with a few quick five questions so the first of which being, what, what is your favourite Metallica song? Turn the Page Turn the Page, yeah, Turn the Page is still there Yep, yeah, is, all uh, the way up there. Mm-hmm. Love
1: that. But it's close second. Close yeah. second. Whiskey in the jar, not going to lie. Uh, Damn, you're, just...
0: you're, you're cover heavy, right? You love the cover. I,
1: I am, you mm-hmm. know, built on that. Yeah, love yeah. love my history, but love kind of integrating it, you know. I respect Super that.
0: Cool. Um, So the the album then, is your favorite album by Metallica Garage Inc. by virtue of that? Or... No, no, it
1: would actually be Reload
0: reload okay oddly
1: enough uh reload kind of a hidden gem you know i personally relate to a lot of the lyrical themes of mm-hmm. that and uh it's it's just a really cool kind of Of, uh, i love i love blues i love uh yeah. kind of just weird moody things obviously mm-hmm. uh so reload reload kind really? of hits me right right where i need it you know i, I mean you, you
0: know you've been, only been to the band for two years or so you'd probably. You, know, you listen to a lot of them like is there anything oh, yeah. is there anything you don't like is there anything that you just you just can't really stand by Metallica? or you know
1: well, i sit there and t- there's one or two songs that i really can't mm. stand um if anything things that i don't like are the things that kind of come out of the blue so like if i'm just like putting the discography on shuffle i love to live is to die but only in like very specific situations same thing with fixer same thing with this even like some of these songs are so good that i almost don't like them in a regular kind of normal like going about your day context
0: and what about favorite member of the band
1: um i am hugely influenced by cliff um from a bass playing perspective um, James, too, and they've all uh, just kind of been really big influences on me. But, you know, James, Cliff, uh, but I have a ton of respect for everyone. You know, Jason's from Michigan. Rob mm-hmm. is kind of my gateway into jazz. Rob is the reason why I listen to some jazz. Right. You know, Kirk is arguably one of the best guitar players ever. Uh, Lars is, I mean, all of them, all of them. They're yeah,
0: all yeah, of them. yeah, he is kind of all of them, yeah. And what about seeing them, uh, seeing them live? Have you seen them live at all?
1: I have not. I have missed them the last—they've the, only come to the state once while I've kind of been deep in my involvement. But I've kind of made a personal pledge to myself that next time they do a North American summer stadium loop, I plan on purchasing a black ticket.
0: Nice. Wow. And, so you, what, see them. And committing to yeah, it and yeah.
1: driving, driving around the country. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Metallica forums. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people go to the shows. I've talked to a lot of people who've done black tickets and it's kind of the perfect opportunity. You know, I love Reload because it's got Carpe Diem Baby on it, which is also one of my favorite songs. And that's one of those things you're like, why not? Yeah. you know
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah uh and um if you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love who would you like to cover
1: i would love i obviously listen to um you know your whole circle uh love the sabbath Sabbath guys oh yeah sabbath podcast uh that's super cool love sabbath um honestly though one of the bands that i really love that's kind of tucked away in my heart is uh corrosion and conformity mm. which is Kinegem, okay. yeah, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of great people talk about sludge and stoner too much and uh obviously i love uh pepper and all of his work with uh, woody and the guys so if i could get more people to listen to corrosion conformity that would be a band. So, yeah, I, yeah i um
0: I, I sort of got into them through metallica most of all and i've listened to a little bit of like wise blood and stuff and clean my wounds to me is still breathtaking like that solo that is, break yeah like, jesus
1: so I mean, good. that kicks in. Wise Blood, Deliverance, and then even most recently, No Cross, No Crown. I've heard that's it's, great. Yeah, I've it's heard the that's original really lineup, and mm. it's every bit of coercion and conformity that you want, and that's super cool. So, okay. yeah.
0: And uh, I guess finally, like for yourself, like is there anything you'd like to promote? Do you have any music or...?
1: Um, sh- recently I've been listening so over the summer I kind of listened to a lot of Van Halen's and mm. your Thin Lizzy's you know you're driving in the car you roll your windows down and now as it starts to get colder out here I make my transition into kind of stoner, sludgy, doomier <laughs> stuff yep, yep. and I'm going to recommend uh, Spirit Adrift which is kind of a traditional doom metal band Um, guy named Chase Mason who's also in death metal band Gate Creeper mm. um, kind of has the, they've got three three records i think and spirit of drifts divided by darkness is kind of it it's a weird it's a weird doomy, you know super out there kind of niche but if anyone wants to listen small band but super cool
0: spirit of okay spirit of drift nice and uh what about yourself do you have anything to promote or
1: no um no? i'm just thinking about this you always ask people but mm. uh by S&M live coming out February
0: yep. 2020 <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no that's a good endorsement no I, I concur and you know guys uh, follow us at MetallicaPod MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon is there iTunes is there on Spotify on all the various platforms let us know what you think about when a blind man cries and you know go back and check out the episode that I mentioned before when I had Nate on of Deep Purple Pardon. and we went through all the connections, you know, major and minor between Deep Purple and the boys. But um, yeah, this has been great, sophie It's been really fun awesome. talking to you. Yeah. And um, thank you again for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Tom.